Hey, welcome. We're back. Thank you. We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. I am the host. Uh, we got some new folks in, I, I want to say in studio, but it's not really a studio. It's a temporary studio, but we'll call it uh, here at Dig Boston Offices. That's where we're at, which is awesome. I love being at Dig Boston, publication I actually write for. Um, we got a lot going on. Free cannabis is uh, the topic of the day. We're going to definitely get into that. I know people want to talk about that. They've been sending us messages. Even the mayor of Cambridge, who was just here, was noting <laughs> he, he thinks it's pretty funny. Uh, but there's a lot going on. We have uh, our friend Donna Hackett and her son Robert are here as well. We're going to give her a special award at the end of the show. Um, we're going to give away some free cannabis on the show. Lots going on. So if you want to talk about that or anything else, call in 502-501-3477. But right now we have a guest right sitting right next to me. You'll probably see already. Um, and uh, we're excited to have her. Crazy story. Great, crazy thing happened on Facebook with a public official, uh, Steve Murphy, who I believe is the Suffolk uh, Register, something, Register of Courts. He, he's, he's Register got, of Deeds. Yeah, Register of Deeds. Thank you. Um, he's got a job uh, within Suffolk County. He used to be a city councilor. Something wrong with my, Murf, my Mike Murphy now? Something, something in the background. All right, <laughs> there's someone doing the uh, the two things behind my ear or something. What's going on? Okay, uh, so crazy thing happened on Facebook with this elected official Steve Murphy, um, with you with yourself. I haven't actually looked at it at all, but then there was a news story that came out a column from columnist uh, Yvonne Abraham uh, with the Boston Globe, and uh, I love the title of this. Because it kind of gives you an idea of exactly <laughs> what happened here. Uh, it's the the story is called Steve Murphy. Oh no, on Steve Murphy privilege and pie holes. <laughs> because right. Steve Murphy on Facebook got mad at you for some reason and told you to shut your pie hole. A group of us, a group of women. A group of women. Okay. Too. Yep. What what happened? What how, how did this happen? What happened? Tell us what happened. Um, I woke up the morning after the Alabama abortion ban got passed. Um, distraught, disheartened, scared, angry, like a lot of women, most women I know. And even some men like me. Exactly. I mean, it's exactly. pretty frightening it's to think that we're doing this to women in 2019. Incredibly frightening. And um, I, there was an article about the 25 white male senators that had passed the abortion ban and voted for it, and I posted it on Facebook and said, uh, we need to elect more women. And I've been in politics for many, many years. I, um, the former executive director of Emerge Massachusetts. Oh, really? Former, See, yeah, I, knew, so <laughs> I, I knew that you had some political background. So there I've been is. recruiting and Tell training. people what Emerge is. Yeah, I know what it is, absolutely. Um, so Emerge is an organization that recruits and trains Democratic women to run for office. Um, we have a program here in Massachusetts. Um, and then there's a national organization, Emerge America, that is expanding into new states. They're in, you know, 22-ish states and counting. Um, and so after I was executive director for three years here in Massachusetts, I went on to be vice president nationally. So, so you're I've a big been... deal. You're a big <laughs> deal. I'm going to say that right now because I know Emerge and I know like I know it from the candidates we had on our show right. who went through the program and some of them won. Like, Can you tell some of the people uh, who have gone to the, through the program and won yeah. recently? So um, the Boston City Council is Stacking. incredibly changed since I was exec started as executive director. So Michelle Wu is one of our graduates, Anissa Sabi George, um, Andrea Campbell. I mean, really, most of those I women. I think we need more women like that. <laughs> exactly. I love the, all three of them. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Michelle Wu, yeah. And I live in Somerville, and I'm, I am 
um, represented on all levels by not just women, but emerge women. So my local ward, or not alderman anymore, city councilor, Katiana Ballantyne, Stephanie Hirsch, city councilor at large, Ayanna Presley, my congresswoman. That's what I say. Ayanna went to emerge, right? Exactly. Christine Barber, my state representative. I mean, Ayanna's pretty much the biggest political figure in Massachusetts. So Ayanna was on our founding board. She didn't go through the full program. Um, Fun fun fact, Ayanna actually hired me as executive director. She was on the board when I was interviewing for the job. So she was in the room when I was interviewing. She hired hire me. Uh, So I've been been following Ayanna around. Did she intimidate you? Like, be honest. She was... it was a little intimidating because I really looked up to her as a role model. And, um, you know, she just sitting across from me. There was a room full of board members and she was right across from me. And, and I just thought, I, I'm so inspired by you and you're interviewing me to be an executive director and I'm terrified. <laughs> so she I've been kind of following her around and I'm so excited to be in her district. Now. I love her. Uh, I'll say because when I say intimidated, I was a little I interviewed her. Yeah. And, and during that, like right before she won, actually, the primary. Uh, and I was a little bit intimidated, but you know, it was easy because she is really nice and like she's, she's awesome. Inc- I love her, and she's so authentic. You yes. know, and we we talk a lot in the work that I've done training women to run for office about how important authenticity is um, to to do what you say and say what you do, and um, that's a core part of the training that we we did at Emerge when I was there. So awesome! You you've done this amazing work. You're definitely someone who's uh, had an effect in the political process, especially for women, um, and I. You know, one of the things I'm so happy about with this show is like when we started, we'd have campaigns come on that never won. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we started winning. And Mike Conley yeah. was the first one. Yeah. He's he's a guy, you know, but yeah. we won one. But an ally. But in, an in ally and right Absolutely. on the issues and, and yeah. a fighter. But then we started having campaigns come in that were winning like regularly. And a lot of them have been recently women yep. and people of color. Absolutely. And I am. Like, I love it. Like, when they Absolutely. win, especially, like, Ayana and Nika and, you know, I know Tito Jackson didn't win, but it's just so, I don't, it's, we really need more of it. We do. Like, the Absolutely. old school white guy right. from Southie, <laughs> like, really, I, uh, they're not the only people who are qualified to lead around here. That's right. the way I feel. I right. feel like it's just been, and I feel like it's been to our detriment that we've only had one class of people that were, like, the rulers, and we need more voices, and on so many issues, they're not there and and recently we're seeing change and i'm really happy about that so this came up on your on uh you you were posting about basically what's been happening and that you want to see more of it on your facebook right right absolutely i mean i believe nothing burger really (laughs) yeah just we need our elector our our elected officials to represent their constituents and represent the demographics of their communities and they don't and so this this isn't rocket science to get more not just women elected but folks of color immigrants lgbtqa folks millennials i mean diversity of all shapes and sizes and colors is incredibly important and so I posted on Facebook about the abortion man. We need to elect more women because um, I do believe once we have more women in office, you know, these types of bans will stop. You know, we'll start to see more policies that um, positively affect women and families um, all over, not just the Commonwealth, but across the country. And um, Steve Murphy, who is a former Facebook friend of mine, um, decided to engage in the conversation that was happening on my Facebook unprovoked. We very rarely, if any time, have ever interacted on Facebook together. He friend requested me, I'm sure, a, mil- a ton of time ago when I was executive director of Emerge Massachusetts. A lot of elected officials did. Frankly, I have a lot of elected officials and Globe reporters, apparently, who are Facebook friends with me. And that's okay. Um, and so he came on and um, attacked the idea that we elect more women, called it 
divisive identity politics, um, said, you know, this is what's ruining our effing country, um, called us strident bullies that need to shut our, shut our pie holes, which was one of my fan favorite lines, um, and called us ex progressive extremists. And I, I responded and I said, I'm shocked and astonished at your response. First of all, you're a countywide elected official. And if you don't, can't have the compassion for your constituents and decorum to communicate effectively, what, what are you doing? Right. Um, and, you know, he not only used profanity with friends of mine, but with constituents of his. There are a lot of women who were engaging with him and really trying to get him to back off um, who live in Suffolk County. And so it was really shocking to see him engage and continuously um, attack and use profanity and tell us to shut our pie holes and silence women throughout the conversation on Facebook. Now, Yvonne Abraham wrote, wrote a great breakdown of some of the things he said. That's where I read about it. And uh, <laughs> she quoted him directly. And it, it is shocking. Uh, you know what's even more shocking? Because when Ayanna Presley came on the show, I was, you know, friendly with Michael Capuano because he he was one of the first people in the state to support my cause, which is the medical cannabis issue, and I had become friends with him from back then. He had come on the show right before Ayana came on the show, but I think the big thing that swung me over to Ayana, and she repeated it several times on the show, is about the district. Right. This was like one of the most diverse districts, not just you know locally, but in the state and probably in the nation, you know, and here we are representing always by white men like older white men too right so why aren't we looking at uh different voices people of color women of color um it just makes sense and in this district the suffolk county district right. i have to think it's pretty diverse is it that is true it's incredibly diverse one of the most in the state if not the most diverse so he's really not a good representative for the people right. i'm guessing right i don't think he is and it's almost like a no-show job from what some people say. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but that's what a lot of people say. But what's weird about it is he doesn't have another election for like five years. Yeah, it's a six-year term. So he's in there till 2024. And he had been uh, just, he just got into this, you know, uh, you know, was just, re was he reelected? He must have been reelected or was it an open seat? I don't even know. It was an open seat. He had a, a woman, Katie Ford, challenging him, good. an emerge woman. Um, and she, she almost beat him. She was an incredible candidate. And I hope she runs again. If she's listening, <laughs> you should run again, Katie. Um, and here's what happened. Uh, their election was on the other side of the ballot. Oh, that's right. And so if you look at the number of blanks. A lot of blanks. And you look at what she lost by, there's an interesting correlation. Oh, so mm -hmm. tough, tough, uh, tough race. Um, and, and, you know, think about what happened in Suffolk County last time. We had Ayanna Presley getting elected, Rachel Rollins. I mean, women and folks of color up and down the ballot. And then Steve Murphy got elected to register. Teats. And, you know, um, you m I'm, I'm wondering if you got any of the feedback that I got, because as soon as I started posting about that, you were coming on the show and I posted a few things about what was, you know, even the, the Globe article, just about some of the things that were going on with Steve Murphy. I started getting people messaging me about past incidents with Steve Murphy. Mm -hmm. And one of them I, I feel free to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, his name's E-Rock. He's a friend of the show. I love him, Ernesto, uh, with the foundation movement. His father's uh, a past city councilor. His brother's a past city councilor. Uh, his other brother's running for city council. <laughs> you know, he's the Arroyos. They're hooked in. Right. And E-Rock sent, I don't know if he posted, I think he posted on his Facebook page. I think it's actually a public thing now. Um, but he, he basically said, like, this was my incident with Steve Murphy, and it was troubling, and it goes way back. And uh, 
it's just shocking to say this guy has been doing this for a while and gotten away with it and no one's called him out until now it seems like it took it took a woman <laughs> to sink him out because i think this is a big problem for him he's now let's let's i mean do you want to comment on that did you get any uh kind of i did get women res- contacting me directly both calling me um and facebook messaging me and telling me their stories as well i didn't ask them if i could share them on the air today but um there are quite a few women who did come forward and tell me similar stories of how steve murphy treated them and uh e-rock also went back to the history of uh steve murphy (laughs) noting that he was uh like a surrogate or or protege of dapper o'neill well, if you look back on Dapper, uh, there's a lot of Jared on Dapper. Dapper had done some very racist things, some very, I think even homophobic. Uh, mm. Dapper O'Neill was a very controversial figure that I wouldn't want to be attached to. <laughs> you know? I don't know a lot of history. Yeah, so uh, that was what E-Rock was telling me. And I think E-Rock knows. His father is actually uh, an elected official right now. Uh, he's the uh, register of, uh, I, no, actually, I'm not even sure. It's something to do with uh, the courts. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I should look up the title, but his father's an elected official right now, Felix huh. uh, Arroyo. But um, speaking of which, um, so all all of this happens, right? Mm-hmm. There's a story in the Globe. Mm-hmm. There's a big brouhaha. Most of the people on the Facebook page are, I'm guessing, all on your side. Is there anyone supporting Steve Murphy on that thread when he goes nuts on you, number one? No, definitely. I mean, they're my Facebook friends. I mean, they definitely weren't supportive of him and a lot of them are democrats and he's a democrat he's a democrat and he is in office so you think he might get some love (laughs) he did not i mean he you know but the action was just so vile that people were like no and just so shocking right it just came out of nowhere just unprovoked decided to kind of spin out of control and so the globe runs a story and what did he do did he apologize like he i saw his lame apology on his facebook page we'll talk about that but what did he do did he reach out to you no or any of you? No. What was his, like, how did he, what did he? He unfriended me, uh, deleted the screenshot, or deleted his comments. I got screenshots of all of them, which are public on my Facebook for anyone who would like to see them. And uh, posted the pseudo apology. But um, didn't apologize directly. Didn't call no. you or email or send a In message. In fact, he posted the pseudo apology after Yvonne Abraham reached out to him for a comment. Um, and she's the one who know, who told me about his pseudo apology because I didn't I wasn't aware of it. He didn't send it to you. He didn't send it to me. Um, no, we, I was un- I, I we're clear who the apology was for that. It was right. for Glo- the Boston Globe. It wasn't actually for you. It was for the exactly. Boston Globe. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was alerted to it and I did respond to it and I asked him directly why he decided to um, silence the women who engaged with him and disagreed with him, including myself, instead of engaging in a healthy debate and dialogue, which is what he called for in his pseudo-apology. And he didn't respond to that. He hasn't responded. No. He hasn't reached out even since then. No. I mean, I sometimes I think with Facebook, because I hate it, Like, and, <laughs> I, and I've said things that totally. are inappropriate. We all get in flame wars sometimes, especially loudmouths like me. <laughs> Donna's laughing over there. She's had it with me, too. But uh, I don't know. I think there's... Especially if you're elected official, is a different, you know, it's a different bar. But at a certain point, why not just reach out and say, "Hey, you know what, Judy? I was out of control. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought about this. I couldn't sleep for the last two nights. Yeah, you made me confront something. Thank you. Like, yeah. what is so hard about that? Yeah. Like, I've had those conversations with people, and then realized, you know what? You were a thorn in my butt, but you were right, and you yeah. helped me. Yeah. I really think he took this personally because in his pseudo apology, he said that I posted on Facebook that we should elect more women to get all the white men out of office, which I never said. And so, but he is a white man. He's a white man, but 
you know, I think he took this very personally. Victimhood. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, we should elect more women so we, all the white men have to leave office. That's not what I said. I think that we need policies that reflect our communities. And, and frankly, you know, white men are running the city on all levels, politically, you know, in our civic organizations and our companies. You know, this isn't Abo just our boards. Exactly. It's not just about politics. And so I care about that. I care about representation and I care about fair policies for women and girls and, and families and, you know, folks that 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 aren't represented well right how, now. How awful of you. Awful. Like, seriously. I know. Terrible, terrible I mean, person. What? <laughs> and especially after this abortion issue. OK, so let's get to did he block you, too? He unfriended me. Okay. He didn't block me because I could see his pseudo apology. Good. Oh, at least yeah. you got to see his pseudo. I did. It was. And you know what? I really think is lame on his thing. Like. There's an like he doesn't think he has any white privilege. He doesn't think he no. has any privilege. No privilege. He grew up in he the grew up he grew up housing. in the public housing, so therefore the rest right. of his life he gets a pass on privilege. And it's right. like you know what, dude? I grew up with right. a single mom. Right. I grew up poor as hell. Right. You bet your ass I have white male right. privilege. Every single day, uh, there's certain. I have a business right now. There's certain customers that treat me different because I am a white male. If I was a black male going in there, they'd be. Uh, I don't know about you coming to my house. That And that is reality. And that's not my fault. That's not Steve Murphy's fault. But you should acknowledge it. It's reality. And when Steve Murphy goes around with this chip on his shoulder, I don't have any white male privilege. I grew up poor. So did I. And I have white male privilege. Right. It's disgusting. I just, it? Someone <laughs> it that is. is in an office like this, and you're a Democrat, what? Doesn't how can understand you be missing this now? White male He doesn't get it. And what's ironic, Mike, about this is, you know, I posted about the Alabama, Alabama abortion ban. A few of my friends started to engage in how, you know, f afraid and disheartened and angry they were. And he barges into this online conversation, mostly with women, and made it about him. Right. That That's is a privilege. Exact that is sheer privilege. definition of white male privilege. And then you think you're right. Right. And then you think that they, they like in the apology, it seemed like he was trying to blend, shift some of the blame to... to Right. Not himself. And it's just like that. There's no, a lot of privilege. No, he took no responsibility. And he what about the I, privilege of being in office? What about the privilege right. of being a city councilor who now gets right. elected to a six-year term can pull this shit on, right. on Facebook? And, hey, it's okay because he well, isn't. It's a six-figure job, by yeah, the way. Yeah. He, he's getting over $138,000 a year. Easy job. Duties. I'm sure he does not uh, working as hard as I do walking dogs. Well, no, he's on Facebook all day because right. he posted what he did on Facebook to, on my Facebook and his apology during working hours. Yeah. So the Suffolk County taxpayers and are the privilege to, to, to not have to be, even go to re-election for five more years five after more you pull years. this crap on Facebook. Exactly. He can just lay low for the next five years and hope voters forget. Any we won't let him forget. Yeah. Any advice you want to give him at this point? Or are you just <laughs> done with him? Honestly, have you <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with him. I would. I would be open to a conversation about what happened, about privilege, about. Um, Patriarchy. I mean, let, I am open to that conversation. Privately or publicly, or both. Both. Either or. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna we, after this. I'm gonna send this recording over to him okay. and say, <laughs> "Come on, on. Let's have this conversation. Let's see if he does it." All right. I'm a white male. Uh, you know, maybe he'll feel more comfortable with you know the me you know being the guy in the middle. You know, I'm maybe. Irish Catholic like he is. I think is he Irish Catholic? I don't even know. I, I don't know what yeah. his religious background. He'll probably listen. He's Irish. Yeah, he'll probably listen to what I said though and say, "I ain't going on with that guy." You know. <laughs> <laughs> he might come on for the free cannabis. We don't know. Maybe yeah, because we are giving away free <laughs> cannabis. Maybe Mr. Murphy likes that. Steve Murphy. Um, I don't know. I 
there's so much we could get into on this with him, but I think we've we've dealt with most of it here. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 shocking. I can't believe that a public official would. I would know. Go I almost there. wanted to rewrite his apology to show elected officials how to apologize in an authentic way because it was he took no responsibility for it. He said, "I shouldn't. If I was going to do it again, I wouldn't have engaged." Instead of, "I'm sorry for sort first using profanity." And attacking women on Facebook, like there's very different. Especially ways on the apologize. day that he attacked you too. Right. It's like, you really, dude, you're gonna pick. Right. Did you attack Christians on Christmas? I right. mean, like, right. Like this you is know the day. I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Dude? Women are literally fighting for their lives, like all over the country, and and this is what you're gonna pick a fight about identity politics. That's By the way, Irish men in Boston, I created and identity politics. So right. I'm I mean, really that's sure how they're, they're in charge. About yeah, that's exactly. How we're, you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, you also, like, currently, you, you worked for Emerge. What are you doing now? Tell us about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I have my own consulting business. Um, I do a mix of management and leadership development consulting um, and some capacity building. So I'm really passionate about making the world a better place and helping nonprofits, mostly in political organizations, do that. Um, so I have a really interesting client, uh, uh, the EOS Foundation. They're working on the Women's Power Gap Initiative. And it's really looking at who holds the power in Boston and in Massachusetts right now. So they've done some really interesting research on. On, you know who are in these seats of power so looking at looking at education for instance they ranked all of the schools and universities in Massachusetts um, from 1 to 93 in terms of gender and leadership which is a really interesting study um, but also looking at the education cabinet statewide so Charlie Baker walks into a room um, to talk about education policy and it's five men five men I believe it I believe it in education yeah right, right? we're 75 percent of our educators I are know. women you know why i know this because I, I went to bridgewater state college i was an education major oh, and my girlfriend right. was too at the time and, right. and uh you know their early education it's 90 percent women i mean right you know right it's 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 so many women and you're five men are you kidding me right they're the educators are women but yeah. the folks leading and making education policy our men look at our look at our publicly funded state university system. Right, 2008, 10 years ago, five of the 15 um, state university presidents were women. Five, we have one now. Yeah. So, so we're supposed to be liberal and progressive, right? And so ahead we're, of the and curve. it's we're backsliding. We have to have this conversation about leadership in this in the state. You know, we look we're looking right now at um, business advocacy organizations, things like the Mass Business Roundtable, Mass High Tech Council. Think about the people who can pick up the phone and call Beacon Hill and get their phone call answered. That's also overwhelmingly led white by males. white men. Right. We're looking at public boards and commissions overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly being led by white men. So it's not just about no politics. privilege, though. There's no, no privilege. privilege. No privilege. <laughs> Some of them may have, you know, lived in public housing. Who knows? Yeah. So this is an incredibly important conversation. And so um, I'm I'm honored and humbled to be working with, you know, clients that are working on these on these incredibly important issues. You're awesome. You know, I want to thank Steve Murphy for one thing. What's that? That I got to meet you. Oh, thanks, you, Mike. You're a great guest. <laughs> and I would like to have you come back on. I'd like, love to. Talk politics. Sure. You know, let's do it. Let's it jam. seems like you know a lot of. Uh, I, it's a passion. I'm also the on. co-chair of the Mass Now PAC. So I've, I have my hands in lots of different things in Massachusetts. But uh, it's definitely a passion of mine. Excellent. Is there anything else you want to like kind of get out there, whether it's about Steve Burf or anything else? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, um, I really enjoy the conversation. Awesome. I, 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 I enjoyed it, too. And uh, I definitely want to thank Steve Murphy. For <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hey, 
he he at least there was one good thing that came out one of it. one good thing that came out of it it was a good conversation and thank That's you true. to yvonne abraham for writing the piece in the globe you know i think that helped build some momentum around oh the conversation and I, well. I i i want to thank him for that too cause, yeah because that was a great column by yvonne abraham she's written some good ones recently. she has she has her women's prayer i think i don't know if you've read that yes, it's I keeping did. me sane these days it's keeping me sane yeah and i i think it's uh she's doing good work like this is thank god she's there writing those yeah exactly no we need more voices like hers and uh our phone number right now is 502-501-3477 if anyone wants to leave a comment looks like we got a lot of people listening um just seeing if there's any comments uh calvin good friend of the show he's a co-host of uh activist hour with monica cannon grant he says, I love Judy P. <laughs> do you know Calvin well? I do. I love him too. We do too. <laughs> and uh, Calvin also writes, Dapper was a known and public segregationist. Wow. And uh, and yes, let's have less white men in office. I'm for that. <laughs> that's, that's what Calvin said. We love Calvin. Uh, Sandy Hogan writes, a mature man or a diplomatic uh, rep would have spoken up. As an ally, not perper- uh, not perpetuated. Absolutely, a boy versus girl spat. That's true. Excellent. So, uh, oh, we got other people too. I tell Bert Biederman. Do you know? You know Judy Neufeld, Neufeld is a rock star. <laughs> You're getting raised. People are loving you. Oh well, that's nice. Thanks, fan club. Yeah. Don't you like coming on here? Like. <laughs> What was that? I said, don't you like coming here? I do. Let's do make make you feel good. We will. We definitely will. I want to thank you for coming in, Judy. Thank you so much. And uh, we're just about to wrap it up, but uh, you mentioned free cannabis. You heard about that story? I've been following, of course, been hearing the story all weekend. What do you think about it? What do I think about free cannabis? Yeah. Who doesn't like free cannabis? Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Boston Calling and the Boston Police and the Boston Herald. (laughs) Well, yes. Them. Well, I'm, you know. You know how I feel about it. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad because I need it sometimes too. I need to hear from it. You know, you I'm getting go. a lot of pressure, but no, I think we we have a lot of support on this. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming in. Uh, we are about to wrap it up, but we are going to talk about free cannabis a little bit. We'll take some phone calls if you got them five zero two five zero one three four seven seven. And we also have another friend here, Donna Hackett, who we're going to have. Uh, we're going to have you guys switch seats, and we're going to have sure. Donna Hackett sit down, and we're going to give Donna Hackett an award. And we're going to give her some free cannabis. So sit down, Donna. Here we go. Donna Hackett's coming in. Thank you again, Judy. Thank you. And we hope you stick around, too, because we want to take a picture with you and and all that. And, uh, yeah, first of all, Donna, welcome back. I'll give you a hug. No, no shit. Give you a hug. Oh. Oh. (laughs) And, all right. So you couldn't make our awards event. No, I haven't been well. I know you haven't been well. So now we're giving it to you. Ooh, it's beautiful. Thank you. You deserve it. Thank you. You've been fighting for this for how long? Cannabis? Uh, medical? Since when when well, did you guys get rated? In 2007, I got um, stage 3 Lyme disease and stage 3 breast cancer and uh, started growing cannabis in the medical marijuana state, figuring it was no problem, you know, to get licensed with two qualifying conditions and then... Um, we started growing and I tried and tried to get doctors to sign my card and then, uh, 2008, the summer, my, my daughter was a senior in high school. We got raided. By the police. It was a full raid too. Like, you know, you see 10 cars. I actually had to turn around and chase them. Like, cause my daughter was on the phone screaming that, you know. It was bad. It was really bad. I was bald. I was battling cancer. cancer. 
Um, stage three is aggressive. It's very aggressive. That's the worst. That's what people Well, stage right? four, you're, you're terminal, yeah. like, it's usually. It's before term. It's, yes. just, it's the stage right before terminal. Yeah, and I was already, like, really a mess from the Lyme disease, you know. I mean, I was dragging half my body, and my whole entire immune was already weakened from that. So um, then I had to go through the strongest form of chemo and radiation, you know. While facing all this with While your facing the charges with my... Your son... Son who had to leave college and, you know, he was my husband was arrested and, yeah, he came home and put the Mylar back up and said, basically, screw them. <laughs> 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 Nobody tells me my wife can't have cannabis. That was <laughs> your, your husband? Yeah, and he wasn't even a smoker then. He yeah. was when we were young and, you know. He's a good guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, he grew up in Noah, I grew up in Sharon, so, you know, we're local, local suburb kids. Our families all came from Boston, yeah. you know. We really didn't think that and this happened in this Rhode was Island. possible. We didn't think that 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 a police force had so little time on their hand that they would like, you know, come charging up a 90 foot private driveway um, on a woman who is pretty much, you know, dying. Fighting, of, for, your, yeah. <laughs> fighting for your little life. Yeah. And yeah, your son so, is growing your little cannabis right, because right. you had cancer. And it became a big deal, and, and you were living in Rhode Island at the time, and you still are. Yeah. And uh, since then, the laws have changed. You've been a big part of that. You've, you've come so far, haven't you? Well, we fought for the right to uh, have um, whichever doctor. Being from Massachusetts, it made more sense for me to, to battle such an aggressive cancer in Boston. You know, I, I go to Beth Israel. I had the top breast cancer uh, surgeon in the world. So um, I should have had the right to have doctors from Boston sign my card, you know, and um, here I am getting treatment in Boston, but trying to get Rhode Island doctors to sign. It was just a shit it wasn't show. Working. Yeah. And so I had to do something in, in this in the state at the time had a decent program and they listened and they said, wow, you know, this is wrong. You should be able to go to Connecticut. Connecticut has excellent medical care. You should if you're closer to the Connecticut border, you should be able to go to Connecticut. If you're closer to Boston, you should be able to go to Boston. And still to this day, that right is being constantly almost overturned in the um, Rhode Island legislature. Every year, we have to. I have, have to, to tell my it. story. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was there until 11:30. I was the last person to testify. Why do they make patients wait? And so I long? said to them, "You, I am worth the wait." <laughs> 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 and the, the head of the judiciary, kidding you me, are. he's like, he laughed and he goes, "I can tell." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I said, "This is absolutely ridiculous." And and furthermore, the thing that really troubles me and what's going on in Rhode Island is. We put the uh, cart before the horse. We're trying to mimic uh, Mass in some way with, you know, having a, we have a regulatory committee that gives licenses, but he doesn't know what the hell he's given licenses for. And everything he knows about cannabis, he has Googled. I'm like, I always telling people, if you don't know something about cannabis, Google it. But when that's your only source, get out of my face. Right. Like, you should have Especially experts. when you're running everything. There are so many people in Rhode Island that have been growing and helping patients for 12 years. That's how long. And for them to not use, tap into that resource and have us be a part of the formation of legalization, it's ridiculous. They just keep trying to monopolize it. You know, I mean, yeah. in fact, that's the poster I drew. I drew the money bags from Monopoly running away because the money. I mean, that's Rhode Island. They just want to have three big guys slice it up into a nine piece pie. And, you know, that's it. No one else is any part of it whatsoever. They want to get rid of growing 
I mean, that's the new thing. Rhode Island is a rebels. You're not going to tell them they can't right. have their special tomato plants anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, no way. And you're not going to let them. I know. Oh you're God, not. no. I'm I'm ready to die for the plant. Like <laughs> at this point, no way. Yeah. The, 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 as far as we've come, for people to still like look and judge us like about it, like this is a plant that makes me not take benzos, makes me not take painkillers. I am so disgusted at Doctor Scott who is the head of the Board of Health in Rhode Island, disgusted beyond belief. For her to come out and say there's not enough evidence to prove that cannabis could replace opioids. Like, what the hell rock are you she living under? She has to talk to CCRN yeah, yeah, you, you know, Who was like, here last week? What, they, Gina yeah. won't let you uh, listen to the facts? I don't, I'm uh, sorry. I don't understand we, what's we, going on. We were on. doing a survey in Mass that shows like 60% are, are off of opiates because of that. Uh, this award is the Donna. It's awarded to Donna Hackett. It's the KOP Warrior Award, 2019. KOP was very special man. He fought very hard for the plant, so it's quite an honor to have it because he really was a, a trailblazer. And you are too. <laughs> you guys were friends, and you're both trailblazers. Yeah, I, I like to see a lot more positive things happening in the community. You know, people like myself that have a lot to add, like. I don't know where I fit in anymore because it's like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not a sellout. Right. <laughs> I will never put profits before a dying person's needs. You can't speak out of both sides of your mouth, you know? If you're making money on this plant, give it back to the people. That's right. Speaking of which, we got some free cannabis for you. Yay! There you go. It's in a Skittles box. Oh, that's cute. That's but, cute. But uh, we, we uh, are giving away free <laughs> cannabis this weekend. We're going I to heard. Boston calling tomorrow. I saw we're on that. TV last night, um, and I've been delivered to patients too. Like we're having to do this program because people can't afford their medicine still in Massachusetts. It's we're illegal. What do you think about that? I think it's disgusting. I really do. Like I personally, it's funny. Um, the last time I did one of the conventions, I haven't done one in a while, but the Rhode Island one. Um, somebody asked me, like, what do you think about the dispensaries and that? I was like, well, you know, they acted, asked it because they knew in advance that I've never been in one except for to volunteer and to work on behalf of breast cancer because I have no need to go as a caregiver, a patient. I, I grow my own. My son grows my medicine. He's responsible for my care in the, with cannabis. And so I've never had to go into these, you know, Dispensary. overpriced, like, I mean, I would have a heart attack. Like, right. you cannot expect people to get, even people that are trying to replace alcohol and have, like, a, or, or anxiety medications and to have a normal everyday, like, release. They can't afford a 30-day release right. on what they're charging. Oh, no, they can't. And you know what? Because uh, I was starting to use those. I, w I was going to them. And I make pretty good money, right? But yeah. I'm a patient. And I, I, there's still a limit. You know, even when I'm 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 thinking I'm doing okay, pretty you know, and I know that a lot of people aren't doing as well as me, but there came a point where I started realizing that I was chasing bargains. Uh huh. There would be specials I would drive. I, I'm spending all my time driving around the goddamn state looking for the best deal. Like that's not a way to treat patients. The the problem isn't even just localized to the Boston area or to the Northeast. Um, I mean, in California and in uh, other states that have legalization, the black market is thriving. It's killing like it. it never has before because of the fact that nobody wants to go into overpriced shops and get Sub sometimes subpar, subpar yeah. medicine yeah. like. You know, we're Mids. not letting um, the people that have dedicated themselves, like my son, to understanding the cannabis plant 
in how to get specific strains to perform at their best. We're not encouraging that by having these excessively large grows that just pump out, you know, mediocre. Mids. Yeah. Mids. Like, hey, man, mids are so y last yeah. decade. Uh, Come on. Uh. Like, you know, if it isn't top shelf, don't even show it to me. Right. If I can't see those crystals popping from the table, I don't even want to look at it. Right. That's a headache. And I, I hope the I hope the <laughs> I hope the free cannabis I give you is good enough for you. If it's not, we'll give it. It to better be. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank you for coming in, Donna. No, it's my pleasure. What you're doing with Boston, it's it's you have to. I mean, we we have uh, the who saying don't smoke cannabis in front of me. Oh Hello, God. you. They wouldn't said that exist. in front of you. No, they said this I on know. air. Roger Adulter, yeah. You you would not exist if people couldn't sit back with a joint and put a headset on and listen to your album. I know, Who right? the hell are you to sit there and tell them not to smoke cannabis? Are you kidding me? I know, right? You owe your mansion to them. What's you know what's funny is uh, this Boston calling thing that we've been talking about all weekend. They don't allow smoking cigarettes. They don't allow uh, uh, cannabis. They take people's lighters. They search people in the way. How rock and roll! I remember. I'm not saying that I'm I'm telling everyone they should smoke cigarettes or smoke weed, but how far has what happened to rock and roll right like, like what these kids are all like we like it like this something's like mikey what? you don't remember the cape cod uh civic center there you it was your life in your hands when yeah, you went in there like you came out so a little with dangerous <laughs> like it's it. a little dangerous yeah. that was an, it was an open floor plan you fought for your you know, stage space. rock and roll is like the boston calling is like a mall now to me yeah. it's like yeah it's no, a, it is. someone offered me a free weekend pass because of all this bra well, i was I, thinking about going in and then when I realized that they weren't even going to let that they were going to not let me bring any cannabis in, even if I wasn't going to use it. It's like, so wait, you need me to leave it at home and do this round commute. No way. No way. I, I'm not going. And it's like this is this is what they're doing to medical patients and saying, you know what? You don't have the option to go in. Because you can't bring a cannabis with you? Who's going to go to that? I have smoked cannabis at every concert I've ever gone to. From the Kinks in the Boston Gardens, down the Cape, the Eagles. I've smoked cannabis at all of them. I mean, the, the experience wouldn't have been the same if I couldn't. Now, you know that some people are going to sneak it in. Okay. I mean, if I was, if I, if I, really, at this point, if I wanted to go with a pass, I, w I would, you know, hide something up my, you know what, well, wherever, you know what I mean, tape it to I my leg, but put in my shoe, you know, I mean, is that what we always did as kids, but this seems ridiculous, um, I don't know. I, just I think they should be encouraging people to be respectful of each other's space regardless. Right. Like, I remember Why one time smoking with space? you on the corner after yeah. a radio show, and as soon as you saw children, you said something. I didn't know what you said, but it was code word for kids coming by, put the J's down. Yeah. And that's just I don't being, blow any kids that's being aware of your environment, and I think that we should encourage that no matter what. I don't want someone's drunken breath yeah. blaring into and, my and, face and, and having yeah. some belligerent exactly. drunk coming at me because exactly. I might have to knock someone out. All right. <laughs> and, you know, this is what bugged me about maybe the uh, WCVB story. A lot of it didn't come through. They didn't, you know, they play their little soundbite. They make it look the way they want to. But it's only common sense that people are going to smoke at these events no matter right. what. No matter how much you search them, there's going to be someone that does. But why not just have a segregated section? Say, hey, you know, this is the far end over here. Um, that They have a big setup over there. It would be so easy to set up a smoking tent. Right. Uh, set up a segregated section for people who are 21 plus who want to smoke cigarettes, cannabis, medical patients. But no, instead, you can't come, basically, is what it is. Robbie and I were we just saying we were going to try to have a drink at the casino, but it's not open yet. And you can tell we're from Rhode Island. We didn't know, <laughs> right? So, Next But we month. pulled up and we looked at it and, and I said to him, I said, you know, if they're smart, they're going to have 
a air filtrated room where you can go in and hookah or purchase some, you know, high grade cannabis and smoke because they don't. It's a two hundred and fifty dollar charge to your hotel room if you smoke cannabis in it. So have a smoking room. It's legal in this state. If you're going to have a bar in your casino or your resort or your lounge, have an equally air, an equal area for people who want to enjoy cannabis. And I'd say housing, too. Oh, yeah. You know, otherwise, people are going to do it illegally in their housing when they, you know, enrich their leases or they're going to be smoking on the sidewalk or in the cars. And, and, and the whole trend is to avoid arrests and avoid incarcerations because we're trying to get less people incarcerated. So this entire system seems like it's just destined to make more arrests. It's crazy. Uh, we're out of time. Hey. I want to thank you for coming in. I'd love it to see awesome. you. It was awesome. I missed it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Donna, and thank you for Rob for coming along with you, your yeah, son. Yeah, we'll have fun. <laughs> Definitely. And again, uh, we're giving away free cannabis. If you want to know more about it, check us out. Get uh, your free cannabis. Yeah, subscribe on our Substack. It's midnightmass.substack.com. Follow us on our Twitter, at The Young Jerks. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday with Senator State Senator Sal D. Domenico. Uh, if you have any questions for him, anything you want answered, hit us up. If you want some free cannabis, hit us up. If you want to know what we're doing all the time, follow us. We're on the Anchor app. We're on iTunes. Subscribe to one of those podcast uh, apps. And definitely make sure you're on our Substack, midnightmass.substack.com, and at the Young Jerks on Twitter and on Facebook. I think that's it. I think yeah, you covered everything. A, that's a mouthful. I <laughs> want to thank I want to thank my friend uh, who hooked us up with uh, a lot of free cannabis and some other friends too. Thank you so much. We will definitely help uh, a lot of good people, a lot of good patients. Uh, we'll be back next week. This is Mike Crawford checking off. I want to thank uh, Cambridge Mayor Mark McGovern for coming in earlier. I want to thank Judy uh, Newfeld for coming on. She's awesome. I love her. And I want to thank Donna Hackett. She's also awesome. <laughs> I also love her. Love you too, Mikey. And uh, Murphy behind the board, Disrupt Boston. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Mike Crawford checking out Young Jerks. See you next week with the state senator.